Hi, welcome to our study of patterns found in the Gospel of Mark. Today we're looking at Mark chapter 9, considerate. Considerate is being thoughtful of others and their feelings before making a decision. In this chapter, we break it down into three bite-sized parts. Transfiguration, the demon-possessed boy, three in considerations, and then we have a correct response, and that is have salt in yourselves. At the mountain of transfiguration, Jesus takes his three closest friends, Peter, James, and John, up the mountain. Here they run into Moses and Elijah, and Jesus speaks to Moses and Elijah concerning his exodus, concerning he's about to die and go down into Hades, where they just came up from, and he's trying to prep them so that they can prep the guys in Abraham's bosom. As for the guys in torment, he's not going there to visit them. They've already set their destiny by the things they did on this earth. Jesus is going to Hades to talk to all of God's people in Abraham's bosom. So that's why we have this mountain of transfiguration. Well, as this is going on, Peter just blurts out, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Uh, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Because he didn't know what to answer, for they became terrified. They're terrified of what's going on. They can recognize Moses and Elijah, how we don't know. But they're terrified because of this. And Peter's being inconsiderate because in the statement that he makes, he's making Jesus equal to the law and the prophets. You have to be considerate, especially of uh, James and John. You have to be considerate of others and the things in which you say. Then a cloud overshadows them, and a voice from the cloud says, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Showing that Jesus is superior to Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets. Big lesson for uh, Peter, James, and John to learn, especially Peter, because chapter previous, 832, Peter, Jesus was teaching a death, burial, resurrection, and then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, not understanding that Jesus knows everything. Uh, Peter was trying to enforce his opinion, being inconsiderate once again. And as they're coming down from the mountain, they ga he gave them orders not to relate to anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man rose from the dead. That means don't even tell the other 12 what you see up here at the mountain. Why? Because they're not going to understand. You know, we saw Moses and Elijah. Well, they've been dead for how many years? How can you see? See, they couldn't grasp it. So just hang on to it. After the resurrection, they'll be able to grasp an awful lot of things when they see me come back from the dead, but not before. You have to be considerate of others. It's kind of like you, you just, there's, there's these new Christians in, in the congregation, you know, two or three just got baptized in the last six months. You do not teach them revelation. You ground them out. Genesis, Exodus, the Gospels, Acts, a couple of the letters you start them into. Don't jump them into Rev, because Revelation is going to just confuse them. You have to be considerate of where they're at. Be careful in the things in which you say. Now we see, after they come down off the mountain, what do they run into? Well, they see the disciples, and they saw a large crowd around them, and some scribes were arguing with them. And he asked them, well, what, are you what are you discussing with them? Why are you talking to the scribes? You know, they're physical. We're spiritual. What are they going to teach you? Well, one of the crowd says, Teacher, I brought you my son possessed with a spirit, uh, which makes him mute. I told your disciples to cast it out. They could not do it. Who tells God what to do? 
You know, uh, you can ask God to do things for you, but you're telling him what to do. A little bit of inconsideration on his, be his part. But if you can do anything, take pity on, uh, on us and help us. And Jesus says, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Well, Jesus cast out the demon and then when he came to the house, his disciples began questioning him privately. Why could we not drive it out? You know? And he says, this kind cannot come out by anything, out by anything but prayer. You see, the disciples thought they had the ability and the power. But it's God working through people. So they were arguing with the scribes, showing equality with Old Testament, New Testament kind of thing. And they're thinking it's something they didn't say or it was the way they moved their arms. Well, they're taking it on like we're the ones doing this. What Jesus teaches them says, if you would have got on your knees and started praying, the crowd around you would have seen that you rely on God in order to take out those demons. Maybe that's why God wasn't allowing the Holy Spirit to cast out that demon. There was a lesson that needed to be learned here. And the disciples were being very inconsiderate by their actions to the rest of the crowd. If they'd only hit their knees, they would have understood, and the demon would have been cast out. You've got to be considered not only about what the things you say, but the things you do that other people are watching. And now here's three inconsiderations. One, two, three, really hard, really fast. And that is he's teaching the disciples, telling them the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands, you know, death, burial, resurrection, and three days rise later. But they did not understand this statement because they were afraid, and they were afraid to ask him. Being afraid to ask a question is being inconsiderate. You're sitting in a Bible class. What did the teacher just say? I'm not too sure, and I'm not going to ask. That's called inconsideration. For everybody else around you, not only for yourself, you're going to remain in the dark to the, to the lack of understanding of what's being taught. And if you don't understand, there's three or four other people around you that don't understand, right? If it's a teacher, if it's the preacher, if it's the elder, Ask questions. Churches thrive on questions. The worst kind of a Bible study that you've got on a Sunday morning, Wednesday night, is when nobody asks any questions and the teacher drones on. Does everybody understand what's going on? No, but nobody's willing to ask the question to get into a deeper study. That's being inconsiderate, being afraid to ask a question. Then there, Jesus says, what were you discussing on the way? And they kept silent because they were discussing amongst each other which was going to be the greatest. Sitting down, he says, anyone who wants to be first, he shall be last and servant of all. If you're coming into the body of Christ and you think you're going up a ladder, if you think you're going to put yourself on a pedestal, guess what? You're going to fall quick. Everybody's equal. I mean, think about the elders. I mean, it might be a title to be an elder, but the work the elders do, they're servants to the congregation. And you need to look at the kind of work and responsibilities they have. You want that kind of work? Huh. Think again. It's, a, it's an act of servanthood. Who's the greatest? Is the servant. If you want to be somebody, you have to be the slave to all. That's what it's all about. If you think you're trying to get up someplace so that other people are looking to you, talk about inconsiderate. And then the last one, exclusive membership. John said, teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. We tried to prevent him because he wasn't following us. He wasn't one of us. Do not hinder him. There's no one who will perform a miracle in my name and not be able to soon afterwards speak evil of me. Jesus is saying, 
if God's working through him, he's working through him. And something that we need to think about today, who are we throwing rocks at? You know, just because the sign out front doesn't say church of Christ doesn't mean they're not the body of Christ. Now, I'm not talking about denominations because they, their names represent the false teachings which they put forward. But independent congregations don't have to have the name of the church out there. Just like you can have the name of the church out there, Church of Christ, and guess what? It ain't the Church of Christ inside. Because it all depends upon what you teach concerning the Word of God. That's what makes you a Christian. And that's what makes you a congregation. It's are you following the Word of God, not a name that's on a sign out front. Be careful of this thing called exclusive membership. You've got to listen to what people have to say first right, before you start making any decisions, right? And now, finish that off, correct response, have salt in yourselves. What is this thing called salt? Leviticus chapter 2, verse 13, he says, Every grain offering of yours, moreover, you shall season with salt, so that the salt of the covenant of your God shall not be lacking from your grain offering, and with all your offerings you shall offer salt. Numbers 18 and 19, 2 Chronicles 13, 5, talk about the covenant of salt. It's mentioned three times. But what is it? Well, when the Jews were supposed to put salt in their offering, but he doesn't say how much salt. To the Pharisees, they'd probably put two grains of salt, and that would be called salt. To them, they'd be cheap and chintzy. But God's, see, this salt offering, the priests don't even see how much salt you're putting in. It's, it's a free will, right? And it's only between you and God. And to me, the, the salt represents the effort that you're putting forward, the, the loyalty, the trust, the, you know, the honesty that you're putting into your sacrifice. And Romans 12.1 says we're living sacrifices. In everything that we do, we need to be loyal. We need to be honest, trustworthy. That's the salt that you need to have inside of yourselves. Because look what he does just before, in 42 to 50. He says, if you cause a little one to stumble... Have a millstone tied around your neck. Your life has to be such that you don't cause others to stumble. Your life has to be such that if your hand causes you to stumble, your foot or your eye, cut it off. Gouge it out because it's better to be lame than to go to hell. And if I cause myself to stumble, I'm causing others to stumble. I have to be considerate about my own personal actions, what they do to others, and what I am doing to others. And that's the salt. And then he says, everyone will be salted with fire. And in 1 Corinthians says, each man's work will become evident. The day will show itself because it is to be revealed with fire. Fire will test the quality of each man's work. The effort that you're putting into the work that you're doing with other people, it's going to be tested. It's the trials of this life with the word of God. And, and how's the person going to stand up? Is he going to look at your example? And is he going to be honest and trustworthy? and put it full effort into it? Or is he going to be like you and not have full effort? And he's just going to burn up in the fire. See, everything's going to be tested in this lifetime. What are you putting into your own personal sacrifices? I don't know. Nobody else knows except for you and God. God knows exactly what you're putting forward. Therefore, salty is good. But if salt becomes unsalty, with what will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Put forward the honest effort. What happens when you no longer put forward the honest effort? How are you ever going to be salty again? Read Hebrews 6, 4 to 6. See what he's saying there. Mark chapter 9 is all about being what? Considerate. 
thoughtful of others and their feelings before making a decision. Thoughtful about your actions because you're going to influence. Be considerate. Thank you.